Father God, we just thank you for the outpouring of your spirit tonight. Lord, as we worship you tonight, Lord, we just come before you to hear your word, Father, to hear your voice and to hear your spirit. I was laughing because what Roy was just preaching exactly what I was getting ready to preach. And Holy Spirit, wonderful. Just starts doing that right away. I just love it. I'm going to talk about listening to the Holy Spirit tonight. This uh, this breakthrough year for Kathy and I, it is, what, three months into it now. All of a sudden we realized the last couple of weeks we're having the same breakthrough. <laughs> and it was listening to the Holy Spirit and seeking the Holy Spirit and understanding what that doesn't mean we haven't been doing it before now, but it's just getting more intense. And we're getting more focused on it. And we're starting to see things that we haven't seen before. And I was going, wow, that's pretty good. So I'm going to try and talk about that. I, uh, I had eight pages. I got it cut down to five. <laughs> so I'm not going to go that far. But the, the Holy Spirit, it, we're going to talk about the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and the fruits. So those are three things that are very, very, very important. And the, 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 the divine nature of the Holy Spirit is just like God's. It's eternal. It's everywhere present. It's omniscient, omnipotent. In Genesis 1, it says, and we will make man in our image. That's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And so he does that. And then it says in John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with God, and the Word was God, and then the Word became flesh. That's Jesus. Well, we know that, that God made himself evident and present in the Old Testament through, through Moses and David and the law of Moses, and the Davidic covenant. And, of course, the new covenant, we, we hear about that with, with, with the uh, uh, baptism and, and, and beginning of the, of the uh, ministry of Jesus. So the new covenant starts. Well, there's a third piece, and that's the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm going to talk about tonight. Because we all know about the first two a whole lot. And we're still trying to figure out what's happening with the Holy Spirit here, aren't we? Because even though we say we know it, and new Christians, old Christians, I don't care if you've been, I've uh, been a Christian for 40, 40 years. Oh, my goodness, 40 years. Happy birthday, brother. And I just remembered that when I said how old I was. So what, one of the things that, that really occurs to me is that what, what Jesus did when, when, when it was his turn to, 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 to be here. And it was over the past few months what I began to realize as I was preaching and teaching and, and that, that the Gospels, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, were actually a training manual. Everything Jesus said and did and all the parables and everything he did from different perspectives, but it's to teach the disciples what to do when he's gone and what to say and how to walk. And guess what? They wrote it down for us. So we get to do the same thing. We get to read those, and, and, it's, and it's all connected to the Old Testament. It's all connected to the Davidic covenant. It's all connected together, and I'll show you why in just a second. So he's training the disciples to do what he's doing. They don't know it yet, and they don't know it. Till we, it's, it's really good. We get to read the back of the book. We know what happens, right? So we get to go ahead and, 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 and jump ahead. But they didn't know. They didn't have a clue. They didn't understand what was going on. And, and many times they asked the question, and Peter, bless his heart, Lord, I don't understand, tell me. Well, I know in the last couple of years I've been saying that. God, one of us has this wrong. Who is it? It was me. 
but that's what you have to do. You have to ask, and you have to say that question. You say, Lord, I don't understand. Get on your face, and you pray, and you cry, and then I'm going to stand up and do it myself. And no, that isn't going to work. I have to learn how to listen. So when the Holy Spirit, we have to understand how that process happened. So in John 3, that's when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. He said, and Nicodemus is asking about some things. He says, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh. And so he's telling him that you have to be born again. Don't be surprised when I say you have to be born again. And a lot of you have heard me preach this before in Sunday school and a couple other places. But it was a real revolution, revelation for me last summer when I realized in Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-five. It says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Do you hear that? That's a small s. See, when we're conceived, we have a spirit. It's given to us. It's a human spirit. It's the carnal spirit, and it's the one we grow up with. It's the one we live with. And then when we receive Christ, he says, and I will put a new spirit in you. Remember when you were saved and you stood up? I remember I was, I, was, I was 20 years old. I was in the barracks. And when I stood up, I felt different. You know why? I had a new spirit in me. I was actually really born again. Isn't that, isn't that fun? And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, and I will put my spirit, big S, in you. And that means I can hear the Holy Spirit now. I didn't do it for 20 years, but I could hear the Holy. I was, I was able to. I had the hookup. Didn't do it yet. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And from that point forward, every time I did something that I wasn't supposed to do, I felt guilty about it. Up to that point, I was, I was freewheeling, right? I didn't have a problem one. And all of a sudden, I felt guilty. I didn't know why. Because he put his statutes in my heart. And it was my ordinances to keep them, right? So in John 4... And this is, again, part of, part of the, what Jesus is training the disciples. The woman at the well, he's talking to the Samaritan woman, which is unheard of. First of all, he, he was supposed to go up this side of Jordan. He went up this side because he knew he was going to be talking to the woman at the well. What, what well? Jacob's well from the Old Testament. See how it's all connected? See it all come together? Ezekiel gave that prophecy about a new spirit, a new heart. 400, 500 years before Christ. Same thing with, with this one. He's telling her, I w- if you just knew the kind of water that I offer you, the spring of living water, you would ask for that. And, of course, she says, well, give me this water. And he says something very, very different. He doesn't say, here's the water. He says, go get your husband. And she goes, I don't have a husband. He says, you're right. The last five you've had five husbands you've had and the one you're with now is it and she says i perceive thou art a prophet you you think (laughs) and so she goes and tells everybody tell me or come see this man who's told me everything i've ever done that's not what he said he gave her the spring of living water and she all of a sudden realized what she had done and that's what the holy spirit's all about that's what indwells us and he says later to her Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Do you hear that? 
They are the kind of worshipers the Father is seeking. I want the God seeking me. I want him to come to me and say, hey, I heard you worshiping me. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let me, let me give you a revelation. Let me tell you about something you've never, you've, you've been praying about this. You and, you and your brother Roy have been preaching each other happy. Here's a new one. We do that on Saturdays. We just preach each other happy. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Do you hear that? God is spirit, and we must worship him in spirit and truth. We can't just recite some monotonous prayer. It's got to come from here. It's got to come from the spirit we received, the new one we got according to Ezekiel. Because it said in Jeremiah 31, This is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. That's the, that's the prophecy of what's going to happen with the New Testament. That's what's going to happen when Jesus comes. And each man will no longer teach his neighbor and his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all know me through personal experience. That's the Amplified. I love that. So as, as Kathy and I were talking this week, uh, one, I forget what day it was. I, I'd come in on Monday or so, and we'd, we'd had a pretty good weekend. But the Lord just spoke to me and said, I am, I am the true shepherd. I am the one that you must listen to. You have to hear my voice. And so on the way home, I texted that to her. And she texted back, Lord just told me that he is the shepherd and he is going to hear. Isn't that fun? Same, same scripture. I even typed it up when I got home. She goes, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Yeah, I got that. But that's the way the Holy Spirit works. That's the way it works. Because it says, so Jesus said, I assure you most solemnly, I tell you that I myself am the door for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know and recognize my own. My own know and recognize me. The thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Till it overflows. Say that again. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full until it overflows. That means no matter what's going on, no matter what you're up against, there's joy. There's happiness. You know, they teach in the military that courage isn't the absence of fear or the absence of knowing what's going on. It's knowing what the situation is and doing what you're supposed to do anyway. That's courage. That's what God gives us. He gives us the courage and that love, that peace that passes understanding. We're, we're able to walk according to his ways. In the face of what would normally be depressing to, to someone, to, uh, sickness, health, and we're able to stand up and be strong. So many times... And I've kind of reworded the, the words for Psalm 23 for myself, just because when I wake up in the middle of the night and I got this fear or I'm worrying or something, I say, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because I have all the power in the valley. That's not what it says, but that's what I say. <laughs> but it's the truth. What we've been given is, and we're going to go into what, how that happens with the Holy Spirit, but what we've been giving is something, it's the reason Jesus came. Now think about it, there's... There's, in the beginning, 
we made man in our image. And so God had his turn with David and Moses. Now Jesus has had his turn. Now it's the Holy Spirit's turn. So it's the, the triune God is affecting this all three ways. And so now he's pouring out his spirit in these last days. And, that, and although we've read all the words, we know the Old Testament. We know the prophets. We've seen all, I know what Jesus did on this earth. I've read the parables. Don't understand all of them yet, but I've read them all. And, and as I read, the more and more I read, the more enlightened I get from the Holy Spirit. And, you, and you've, you've had this happen to you. You're reading, and all of a sudden it's a, it's a parable that you've read 20 times, 100 times, and all of a sudden you're going, well, how come I never saw that before? Because it wasn't time yet. It wasn't time yet. And so the Holy Spirit shows us these little nuggets, especially when we need them, especially when we've been praying for something, especially when we're saying, God, I need to see you today. I need to hear you today. And so I'm just going to read Luke 10. Wow. That was lucky. <laughs> You know, and, and, and so the, the carnal man is what we have to fight against. And I think the Reverend Joy Greater talked about uh, <laughs> the, the voices, you know, the, the, the enemy, the, the uh, carnal voice, and then the Holy Spirit. And we have, to, we have to tune out the other two and how hard that is sometimes to just, and I've done what, what she asked us to do, is just sit and be quiet and listen. Man, was I, I was not quiet. My brain was just going, <laughs> it takes a lot of concentration to do that. And so sitting and just being quiet and saying, okay, I want to hear the Holy Spirit. I want to hear the Holy Spirit. Uh, I wonder what I'm going to do at work today. I wonder what the, I got to change the oil in the car. Oh, no. You know, and that's what happens. And so it's a real, it's a discipline that you have to get to. It really is. It's a discipline that you get to. And so Jesus spoke to that. In John 14, he says, Very truly, I, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Even greater things than what Jesus did. Now, we read that, and, and we, as Christians, we read it, and it becomes almost cliche, doesn't it? But he meant that. He's doing the training for the disciples. He's doing the training for us. He's saying... Greater things are you going to do because I'm going to go be with, with, with the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. You ask me anything in my name and I will do it. Well, some things. No, anything. Well, we, we start qualifying that a little bit. In 15, John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father. And he will give you. Another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Another word for the Holy Spirit. And that's comforting. We have a spirit of truth in us. That means when we're up against the world and we're up against some hard times, and God, you say, God, I just don't understand. And you start hearing that small, still voice. It's the truth. It's not a lie. Your brain will lie to you. Your, your, the world will lie to you. The enemy will not only lie to you, he'll say, this is really the truth. And it's not. But then you stop and listen, and you can hear the truth. On that day, it says in, in verse 20, on that day when you finally get to that point, you will realize that I am my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. 
say that again. On that day, when you get to that point, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. We've become part of the triune. God, Father, and Holy Spirit. Well, now there's us and man. That's what he meant to do from the very beginning is include us, bring us into it. From the, from the time Adam fell till now, we're supposed to be standing up and doing what we're supposed to do. In verse 26, I love this. But the advocate, this is John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's already told us that, I love this, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said to you. And we can memorize it all we want, but you've been preaching along or talking to someone or someone comes up to you and you've been prayed up and they say, I got a problem, let me tell you. And you just start downloading stuff and you're telling them this is what you got to do and, and pray with them and, and they walk away. You're going, I wonder where that came from. Because he's reminding us of everything he's ever said to us. And he says, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends in his name, will teach us all things. But more important, remind me of everything I've ever taught you. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It's like having a Holy Spirit Google. (laughs) He says, just just call it up, right? So what you've got is an incredible, powerful testimony. An incredible, powerful connection to the Holy Spirit, to God himself, to Jesus And the more we study that and the more we live it, and then the more we thought we understood it, now it's revealed a little bit more. We start saying, okay, hey, what about this? What do you think of this? And we start asking each other, especially the men's group, I do that with them. Because I firmly believe that that iron sharpens iron, so so one man sharpens another. That's just not for men. That's for women, too. As iron sharpens iron, so does one person sharpen another. You need that. You need that person to help you think of the things you didn't think of yet. John 16, verse 13. But when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. This follows right, right, right after that. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. That's prophecy. Amen? So think about that. Not only is he going to teach you all things and remind you of everything that Jesus ever taught or said, he will not only speak on his own, he's only going to speak what he hears. Where is he? He's hearing from God and Jesus. That's who I want to hear from. That's who my teachers are supposed to be. So in, in Acts... Jesus has already taught, he's gone through all the, all the uh, teachings he can through all the Gospels. So now I can get to the word I was going to talk about tonight. That what, what he tells him is stay here and pray. Stay in the upper room because the Holy Spirit's come and he's going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. This, this is the first time this is ever going to happen for them. And again, like I said, we got to read the back of the book so we know what's going on. So we know what's happening. So we know poor, you know, Peter had, had struggled and struggled a little bit through some of the things. And, of course, denied him three times. And I'm sure he wasn't feeling real great in the upper room. He's going, <laughs> I denied him three times. And 
And now he's gone and he's ascended to heaven. And now what? And the Holy Spirit pours out on him and all, all the disciples and all the ones standing there. And they all start speaking in tongues. Even his mother, Mary, Mary Magdalene, all of them. And this poor fisherman, who's uneducated fisherman in, in Pharisee uh, thought process, gets up and he gives the most incredible speech, quoting Joel. That comes from the Holy Spirit. This is the Holy Spirit downloading into him, giving him the sermon to say, the thing to do. And he's, and he's defending everything. And I, I don't need to go into... Uh, Stephen's speech after you know, right before he's killed is one of, the, one of the most beautiful speeches you'll ever you ever read. And Paul standing there holding his robes while he's killed. And of course, Paul becomes the primary carrier of the Holy Spirit to us. You know, I, I just thank God so many times that Paul talked to someone who talked to someone who talked to someone who talked to me and to you. And that's what we're supposed to do too. That's why we have the, the jail ministry. That's why we go out on, in Calvert Outreach. That's why we go out to other places. We're, that's what it says in the Great Commission. And I think a lot of times we are, we're very re- hesitant to do that because I don't want to say something that's going to make me look silly. I don't want to, I don't know how to speak. I tell you the truth right now, as I'm standing here, every one of you has a testimony that somebody has to hear. Nobody has your testimony. Nobody can say what you can say. Nobody can say what I can say because every one of us are unique. We're supposed to give our testimony. And that's why he says in the Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And what's our world? Now, some of us get to travel a little bit, but our world is here. Our world is where we're at. So we have to share the gospel where our world is with the people we come in contact with. Right? And so at work, and, and, you know, they call me Pastor Mike at work now. I didn't mean for them to, but that just happened. And they, and they come to me with this and, hey, you know, let's talk about some stuff. But I love that. Because I, I want that to go before me. I want, that to, I want people to say, okay, he believes. He's a man of God. And I want people to understand. And that's not being prideful. Don't misunderstand. That's not a pride thing. That's a badge of honor I carry because I want people to come to me and say, hey, tell me about Jesus. Tell me about the Holy Spirit. Tell me how it works. I say, I don't know. Let's pray. A lot of times I don't know. But when you, know, when you pray with someone and you're talking with them, the Holy Spirit will start downloading stuff that you didn't know you knew. That's what that scripture said. I will remind you of everything I've ever taught you. It's very, really, it's really comforting when that happens. So when we get that opportunity to, to even witness to strangers, we see people saved all the time. We see people coming into the Holy Spirit. We see people who, who we would have given up on years ago turn, turn their life around. And all of a sudden they're preaching and they're talking to people. I've seen that happen many, many times. Just talked to an inmate today. He called me. He just got out. He's in a halfway house. He said, is there any way you can come get me on Sunday for church? I said, yeah. I'll get up early. I'll be there. I'll come get you. He Because he, he enjoyed what we were doing so much, he wants to come here. 
and enjoy what we're doing. That isn't me. That isn't Pastor Larry. We knew it was Reuben. We're preaching to him. And, but he's going to be here Sunday. It's the Holy Spirit. It's what God wanted. And he's going to be a very, very strong witness for people who need to hear his story. Right? And so I, I can't tell his story. He spent 15 years in prison. I can't tell that story. He's a strong Christian young man. In Romans 8, it says, Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God, and we know that. And whether we like it or not, sometimes we, we drop back and forth between the realm of the flesh and then in the Holy Spirit and then the realm of the flesh. And we try really hard not to be in that because depression, anxiety, bills, uh, apologizing to your wife, whatever it is. But, but you know, when, when, you, when you live by the Spirit and you're, you're living with that, it's, it's never going to be mostly in the flesh. It's going to be mostly in the Holy Spirit. And when that flesh starts to invade, that's when you can say, no, get away from me. And that's what we do. We have to take authority. We have to say, no, I'm not going to let that. I'm not going to think that. I'm not going to say that. It's, it's something that's... Uh, a discipline, again, that you have to listen to the right voice. In verse 15, is Romans 8, 15, this is what you were just talking about a minute ago. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit received brought about your adoption to sonship. That's what we are. We were, we were adopted, and by him we cry, what? Abba, Father, Dad, Father. I am your son. It's not just words that were written by Paul. That was written by the Holy Spirit. We are truly sons of God, sons and daughters of God, and we're supposed to do that. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Right? That's what it says. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs. What's an heir? Somebody who's waiting for the inheritance. Someone who knows they're going to get an inheritance. Heirs of God and co-heirs with our brother Christ. In so many places it says we can be what Jesus was. We can do what Jesus did. The reason God came down in the form of a man was to show us how to do it. How to be tempted in the wilderness. How to walk according to, to prayer. How to, when we don't know what to say, we speak in tongues and we pray in tongues. Why? Because then we can speak directly to the Father. Our spirit speaking directly. We don't understand what those groans are, but they're happening. And so we, we're supposed to do that. I love this. Verse 19. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Why? Back, back in the garden, God said, and the ground will be cursed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage of decay. In the garden, there wasn't any decay. There wasn't any death. And brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We have that responsibility. We have that ability to take dominion over this earth. Why don't we take it? Why don't we take it? Why don't we do it? 
22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. That's the same thing. It's talking about this creation. It's waiting. All of creation is waiting for us to take our rightful place as the sons of God, heirs of Christ. 23. Not only so, but we ourselves who have, have the first fruits of the Spirit, we groan inwardly and we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. You know, Paul's writing some pretty heavy words here, and you have to really read those a couple hundred times and pray about them. But what it's telling us is we are a new creation. Now, we read that a lot. We hear that a lot. But we, you talked about receiving a new spirit, a new heart. We are now a co-heir with Christ. That sounds like a new creation to me. We're not the old man and woman, are we? We have now become a new creation. We need to walk like we're a new creation. Walk like we own this earth. You know why we do? Walk like I own the ground I'm walking on. When he's pouring out the Holy Spirit tonight, he's pouring it out on all of us. Pouring it out to bless us, to anoint us. So the new creation is, is something that, that when we have an infilling of the Holy Spirit, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God, right? No one knows our this, our spirit but our spirit. But the Spirit of God and, and, and us and the Holy Spirit can communicate now because we have the new heart, we have the new spirit. And that's how we're supposed to be with the Holy Spirit. That's where we're supposed to get. In Ephesians, one of my more favorite verses, 5.17, I keep asking that God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better, down to 19. And his incomparably great power for us who believe, who believes, we all believe, that the power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. We have that same power. That same power that raised Christ from the dead? Really? I have to read that a few times. And seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power, and dominion. And every name that is invoked. And, he, and I, was, I marveled a few, a few months ago at Hebrews 6, 1 through 7 or so. It says, we have to leave the elementary teachings now. And that's the laying on of hands, the forgiveness of sins, the transgressions, and the, lay, and the resurrection of the dead. The What? <laughs> That's part of elementary teachings. What's mature? And so I just I came back to this and go, okay, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one that's to come. So much power we have at our fingertips, folks. And we don't use it. Why don't we? Why don't we say that? And actually, well, I don't want to have that much power. It's going to be according to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. And that's what it's about. It's not that you're going to walk around throwing things and casting. No, it's going to be the Holy Spirit's going to say, do this and do this, and you're going to say that, and it's going to happen. That's what we're supposed to do. So when we receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, we get down to the fruits of the Spirit. And, of course, we know what all those are. Joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and if you've been in my Sunday school class, you've heard me say this, gentleness and self-control. This is the very last one. A lot of times we don't remember the last one, the self-control, but I promise you this. If you flip them upside down and you concentrate on self-control, you got the rest of them. 
And I think uh, Joyce Myers is preaching. Self-control is like the glue that holds our our heart and our spirit together so that we can get the gentleness and the faithfulness and the goodness. Once we have the self-control, we have everything we need. So, prayer, meditation, and prayer. And then read the word. Did I mention prayer? Is important. And what we've seen over the past few years is prayer is such a such a dynamic thing. We see prayer in corporate, and this is a praying church. We have prayer teams. We have uh, prayer a prayer uh, list. We pray on, on Wednesday night, but pray it every Sunday for the sick. We pray for people driving by. We, in, in, in the mornings, we pray, God, send us the broken ones. Send us the people who have been in church and have fallen away or have been disillusioned or need, need help. They need to hear a word from us and use me as your, as your instrument to do that. That's a brave prayer. You have to have courage to pray that because God's going to answer it. And he's going to say, okay, here he is. He's broken. What are you going to do with that? And you better have God on tap. You better have Jesus on tap. You better have the Holy Spirit on tap because I promise you, we can't do it by ourselves. We're not smart enough. So it is, as I look at the Holy Spirit as always broadcasting. If you like listening to KSBJ, you don't put it on 92.3. You have to turn it to 89.3. Because the Holy Spirit's always broadcasting, right? Always telling us, always saying something. Turn your receiver to what you're supposed to hear. Turn your receiver so you can hear the, that, what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us. He will remind you of everything He's ever taught you and things you didn't know yet. He will show you the love of Christ. He will show you through a word of knowledge. He will show you what to say when someone comes up and they say, I need healing, and you're praying for them, and they say, whoa, and you start praying for depression, that word of knowledge, and that's what they they needed. Or whatever whatever, uh, the Holy Spirit's telling you, do it. I can tell you from experience, it's real easy to argue with him. Well, I'm going to do it my way because this is what I can do. And after I failed, I go back to this. I said, God, I thought you said do it that way. He said, no, that's not the way I said to do it. I told you to do it this way. All right. I go around the mountain one more time, right? Father God, I just thank you for this evening. Thank you for the outpouring of your spirit. Lord, we just know that as you pour out your spirit on this place, that we, we are anointed and we come to you, Father. We come to you in prayer and in meditation. In your name we pray. Amen.